Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, Truth Seekers. You're listening to Turn It Up, a brand new show featured on A Measure of Truth on blogtalkradio.com. Turn It Up is all about independent recording artists of all kinds, R&B, rap, jazz, soul, gospel, even country. But the primary reason for Turn It Up is to feature and help independent artists that take it to the next level by showcasing new music, sharing studio recording tips and tricks, to help your track stand out like the pros and industry information to help you choose the right path and keep you in the game. Every week we bring you new artists, industry insiders, and fresh new tracks that you won't be able to hear anywhere else. The truth is, if you're an independent artist trying to make it in the music biz, you need all the help you can get. So let's stop playing. Get your demos together and get ready to turn it up. If you just click the link on my webpage or you're listening on blogtalkradio.com or even the Blog Talk Radio player on my Facebook page and you want to call in live, look, we'd love to talk with you. So give us a call. Here's the number, 347-326-9470. Or if you like, you can Twitter me your questions and comments at twitter.com slash a measure of truth. Also, if you haven't yet, why don't you look me up on Facebook? I'm the Michael Fordham with a photo of me in studio, and you can always email me your questions and comments at a measure of truth at gmail.com. Avon Lucas and NWO keyboardist Chris Fisher has a show coming to Bethesda Blues and Jazz this Wednesday, March 30th. 
Sunflare is the sextet that specializes in giving the mojito flute twist to familiar classics and contemporary R&B songs, as well as playing traditional and modern Latin jazz fusion classics. The band covers material from Stevie Wonder, Spyro Gyra, Jeff Lorber Fusion, Steely Dan and Marvin Gaye, to Snarky Puppy and Pharrell, all meticulously arranged with an identity unique to the group. Sunflare likes to say that when describing their style, R&B also stands for rice and beans. Chris Fisher, welcome to Turn It Up. Hey, hey, pleasure to be here. All right, Chris. Well, thanks a lot and um, appreciate you being able to come by and uh, just tell us a little bit about your um, your entree into the business and, and just a little bit about who Chris Fisher really is as a musician. Oh, well, I'm a Michael Jackson impersonator. No, I'm just kidding. That's your guy. <laughs> uh, well, I'm. everyone says I'm a little... I'm kind of a jokester at first. I love to joke around. I never take everything too seriously because I just grew up in a musical family. My parents were both professional musicians. My mother was a banjo player. My father was a ragtime pianist. And, and wow. I don't mean to say my mother was like a hobbyist banjo player in the kitchen. She was probably one of the greatest, if not the greatest, banjo player to ever walk the earth. She was that wow. good. So I just grew up with just fun. you know. And uh, I joined them on drums at age 13. And that was the family band, and that was the family business. And I was loading the, the car before I could even play an instrument, and it was not a game. It was <laughs> I was in, immersed in the business from the from the time my mother was pregnant. She was doing gigs on banjo until she was ready to have me. So I had a a banjo playing incredible funky rhythms right up against my ears. Wow! <laughs> since I was a king, since I touched down on earth, so. Uh, I kind of attribute my uh, funky style to her. Chicka 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 waka was all I ever knew. Right, right. And then my and they, and they parents they loved a good laugh. The band so. goes back now, isn't it? <laughs> it is back. Bella Fleck made it a huge, huge comeback, and and uh, my mother passed at an early age of 58, unfortunately. But she did get oh, to witness wow. the whole Bella Fleck re, uh, revival. And we we went to a show together and everything. And really, um, so that was, it was really cool. And uh, we were about to embark on a whole new family band thing too unfortunately she uh mm. left us uh she had um was uh, lung cancer from singing in clubs all through the 70s i think mm. uh so that's kind of a, a drag but i'm glad they changed yeah. those rules and uh we have smoke-free environments these days but not to get maudlin but um that was kind of my <laughs> upbringing and that's how i uh was raised on on all this old fashioned good stuff, but uh, always mm -hmm. listening to the radio at the same time. Going up in the seventies and eighties, so I had everything coming at me from Earth, Wind, and Fire, disco stuff, um, classic rock, and uh, but all steeply rooted in, in this traditional jazz I grew up with. Uh, some mm -hmm. people call it Dixieland. Some people prefer to call it traditional New Orleans jazz. And uh, mm -hmm. my parents were also both church musicians, so I grew up in the church as well, playing trumpet mm -hmm. and all this kind of thing. And, wow. and then eventually, yeah, and I just was all just thrown at me, and I loved it all. And I never really was serious about it until I saw my cousin um, get serious about it, and he was playing drums in a rock band, and I saw how the girls loved that, and well, that's what I mm -hmm. want to do on a I want to play in oh, a band. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I started and playing drums question, and, and so like you, rock you band. You play a lot of instruments. How, how oh, did you yeah. finally, and, and this is the hardest thing, because I know a lot of folks that do, 
play quite a few instruments and, you know, have some great expertise on each. But how do you narrow it down to the one instrument that you want to be known for? Well, the keyboards were always lying around the house because my dad was a keyboardist as well as a pianist. And so there was a Polymoog, there was a Fender Rhodes, an Artbax, a Mini Moog, just, you know, all kinds of fun toys lying around that I would, would always mm. just, you know, doodle around on, but I was never quite serious. Because my dad was also, you know, the music teacher at my school, and he taught privately at the house. And I saw all kinds of geniuses and child prodigies throughout my upbringing. And I'll, I'll never be them, because I was more of a coaster as far as that goes. I never really wanted to buckle down at an early age because I was my personality type is not the type that just you know does what I'm told and practices I was never that kind of kid so I I just figured well that kind of genius level keyboard playing is never going to be for me but I always noodled around on it and then I eventually played trumpet I was really good on that and braces ruined that and I played a little bass and slap and I heard slap bass for the first time I gotta do that so I was always involved musically with everything and I always took piano lessons so I knew my way around the keyboard but I would just be able to sit down and play no these other kids these so-called child prodigies my dad was teaching could ever just sit down hey play a g chord in a groove they'd be like what are you talking about where's the music where are the notes where as I would just sit down, come on like this, bah, 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 bah. <laughs> and I right. remember trying to start start many rock bands uh, where I would be the drummer and trying to get you know kids my age to, to it was like School of Rock. When I saw School of Rock that movie, I don't know if you saw it or not. Jack Black takes on all these um, you know poor kids with the who are a little introverted and brings out the rocker in them. That was me from the the minute I wanted to put together a band of seventh grade, yelling at my friends, come on, just do it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, none of these poor keyboard players, because uh, they tend, to, we tend to be an introverted sort, um, would just throw down. And so I would just kick them aside and say like this, and I'd launch into a electric light orchestra tune or a cars tune or whatever white rock we were doing at the time in the garage. And uh, finally, I decided. There are many drummers at my school. I would rather have a band and play keyboards than have no band and play drums. So that's kind of what that was the catalyst for getting serious with keyboards. Um, but then I heard my first uh, couple of fusion records, Weather Reports, by Gyra, mm-hmm. Jeff Lorber, and yeah. that kind of brought yeah. everything together for me. All my influences, everything I loved about music in an instrumental package. Um, mm-hmm. There was funk, there was jazz, there was good sounds. I was like, wait a minute, what is this stuff? I like this. And suddenly I was buying all this music, and I was like, what is that chord I like so much? Oh, that's the 13 sus. Oh, that's the sharp 11. And I taught myself about jazz chords in my early teens just from buying these books of my favorite fusion artists, so to speak. And then I eventually came around just loving jazz. And then my dad was like, you finally saw the light. I was the prodigal son. <laughs> I was the prodigal son. I didn't. I never take the. I never took the common road to get there. I would just kind of like do what I wanted, and then finally, came, you were right, Dad. Jazz piano is where it's at. And I, for some reason, just took a leap of faith, and I wanted to major in jazz piano in college, even though I technically probably had no business doing it. I wasn't like a genius kid, but I definitely had a heart, and I definitely knew my chords, and I had a good feel, as they say. And um, I went to Heart School Music where Jackie McLean, the legendary Jackie McLean, who played with Miles Davis and Charlie Parker, you know, and, mm-hmm. and uh, he was my teacher. And uh, wow. I barely passed, barely passed the audition, but that audition with him where he tore me a new one, as they say, helped me prepare mm-hmm. for all the other auditions I had at other schools like Rutgers, Mason Gross, and uh, Berkeley, and uh, 
the new school in New York. And I aced those auditions because I got yelled at so hard by Jackie McLean. So I decided that's where I should go. I should go to the school where I had the worst audition. <laughs> that made me such a better player. Right. And um, that's kind of what I did. And uh, that – I think made all the difference, and I got wow. really serious, and I buckled down and did all, you know, you know, the bebop thing and the post bop and the getting, you know, plague Bud Powell and Oscar Peterson and all that kind of thing. Not that I can sit down and just tear through some of their styles right now, but um, <laughs> it's, at the time it certainly <laughs> was a was a good way to to go back and uh, re- retrace my steps and uh, learn some some core skills I had neglected by, you know, playing jump by Van Halen all through high school instead of uh, <laughs> Donna well, Lee, like I was supposed skills, to, like a good jazz boy. Let everyone so. have a taste of actually, you know, what you can do because um, people are ready to hear something. I mean, what should we start with? We've got um, Let It Through, Kinetic, um, we've got Caravan, uh, Playdate. You know what? Let's do this. Let's start with Caravan because that was the first song I ever learned how to play, the first jazz song I ever learned how to play on, on the piano. I was like 12 years old. I, I loved the song. My dad would play piano with me when I played drums on it as a little kid, and and I could plunk it out on the keyboard. And so when I put this uh, this, this latest record together, I did this as a shout-out to my dad. Like, hey, look how far I came, blah, blah. But, mm. <laughs> so, of course, I twist it around. I love to twist these songs around and make them more interesting. And uh, So this is um, Caravan with my good friend, uh, Chilean-American flutist and sax player, uh, Anibal Rojas. And we put together this record, and I'm actually playing all the instruments besides um, saxophone on this one. Um, wow. Every, everything else, I overdubbed everything and had a good time. So I'm doing bass and drums and a little little vibraphone too, Fender Rhodes and piano. And it's my and, take on... And you on, recorded uh, this as well? Yourself? Uh, yes. Or, wow. I'm sorry, what was it? Did you record yes. this yourself in studio as well? Yes, I did this at my own my own little studio. Wow. You know, I, I got to be honest with you, one of the things that I... You know, I heard when I was listening to these tracks that they were, they were squeaky clean. They they were really really nice. So I'm I am doubly so flattered you said that because I worry so much. I'm, why am I doing this myself? I need to have a professional do these, but I couldn't afford it. Let me tell you, being broke mm. is, is the mother of all invention and <laughs> skill sets. Let me tell you. Oh, all right. Well, here we yeah. are. Caravan, and we'll talk a little bit more with Chris Fisher right after this.
Chris, that was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man, one of my man. favorite tracks, man. Who's who played yeah, who played yeah, on that? Oh, it was me, yeah. A lot of transitions, man. You went every which way you could with this track. <laughs> yeah, it was a little schizophrenic, but uh, I guess that's just me. <laughs> oh wow, that was awesome. So, um, when when you perform with uh, a number of different groups, um, when when you um, decide on certain tracks to play, um, who makes that decision? Um, is it if you're the guy oh. and it's your group, you get to get everyone else involved, or how does that work? I, I prefer to keep groups more of a democratic thing. Um, Mm. And to, like the, the group Sunflare that's coming up next Wednesday, that's mm-hmm. just you know we everyone gets to decide. I mean, I put it together and and I got the people, all the guys who I thought would be good for it, centered around a friend of mine, Carl Carrington, um, the flute player. So I wanted to mm-hmm. do stuff that he was comfortable playing, but stuff that we all thought would fit the bill as well. Like, um, and so everyone has their ideas, and I like to keep it open so everyone feels like they got you know their got their personal musical interest vested in it and it's not just backing up Chris Fisher and blah, you know, then then it becomes a job. <laughs> so I don't want people to think they're side men. So uh everyone gives more of, you know, their all if they feel that it's something they all have to say in. So it's fun. We had a good time. And everyone in the group is of age, meaning we're not there's no infighting and in, in, ambitious, ridiculous uh, notions of grandeur. We're all we've been there, done that, so uh Cooler heads prevail, and it's nothing like when you had the Democratic "quote unquote" band, and when you're in your youth, when next thing you know, it just spirals into a fight. So it's great; it's been fantastic. Sunflare has just been nothing but laughter and fun, and playing stuff we all used to love, and coming up with crazy arrangements of of songs we all grew up with, that kind of thing. So it's a very yeah. democratic thing. Whereas if it was my own thing, like if I was, you know, uh, supporting the record. Um, it would. I would just have uh, you know a small group, and I would just play songs from the record, and it would be more of my own thing. But uh, don't do that much. I tend to play with a lot of other groups, like with um, Lenny Harris's group, uh, New World Order. I'm just mm-hmm. the side guy. I play whatever they tell me to play. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know, one I'm thing I do of... notice when I see you know jazz musicians get together, and especially this particular group um, that I've seen, I've seen a number of bands that Lenny's in. You guys just seem to get together, and you all have fun, and you let us watch. And somehow we feel like we are part of that party as well, or that jam session, or whatever else is going on. And the music just communicates just that, that camaraderie that you are talking about, and, you know, how you guys respect one another, and, um, you know, let each other, you know, when someone's got something hot going on, everyone just goes that direction on the fly, and it's just amazing. That's the idea. Yeah, you want to invite people in. You don't want them to watch the museum piece you've created. You want them to feel they're part of um, the music making as well. And uh, I tend to, you know, if I'm feeling if I'm feeling it, I tend to be very loose on stage and you know, kind of crack jokes and it's just to lighten the mood. You know, I'm not in, into this idea of museum jazz where you know it's so sacred. Mm-hmm. God forbid someone drop a pen or cough. I, if I wanted that, I'd stay. In the Methodist Church where I grew up, and it, it's just does it doesn't resonate with me. Although I understand that's a thing, and you're supposed to respect the music if it's a real hardcore jazz kind of thing. But um, I prefer to have a good time because I grew up with my parents just entertaining, you know, people. With, you know, they were virtuosic in their music, but they it was just mainly a good time and funny songs and dancing and uh, at at t- to think you're not an entertainer up there just because you're playing 
something that you consider the most serious thing you've ever done. Uh, sorry, you're an entertainer. <laughs> That's what this <laughs> business really is. I hate to break it to you. Uh, so I think the camaraderie part, you know, it through osmosis, you know, goes to the crowd and they can enjoy it mm-hmm. as much as you're enjoying it. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, um, Bethesda Blues and Jazz, man, that's a really nice venue. Really nice. Tell us a little bit about that. Oh, I love the venue. It's my favorite. It's my home away from home. It's, it's uh, first of all, it's in Bethesda, and I happen to be lucky enough to found a, an affordable place to rent in Bethesda. <laughs> it's a very upscale neighborhood. But um, we uh, – um, have a nice little house here, a humble little house that hasn't been turned torn down and turned into a McMansion yet. But um, it's right here and down the street from me, and uh, it's an old Art Deco 1920s theater from the old days. Yeah. And um, and the owner, um, he's uh, kind of new in, in the entertainment business, but he's no stranger to real estate, and he bought the place and renovated it completely, and it's. You walk in there and you feel like you're back in 1920, and uh, mm-hmm. but it's all state of the art, you know, lighting and and screens and and the sound system um, is really good. I mean, to tell you the truth, it's had its ups and downs, but they've been working on it and it sounds really great now. And um, fantastic staff working there, um, from the wait staff on down to the sound guys who are brilliant and do a really good job. And um, I play there every Tuesday night for the jam that we do. And that's oh, the Granger okay. brothers, the infamous Granger brothers, Gary and Gray Granger, who played with everybody who's anybody and been around the world and I, I, I. And they uh, have been running the jam session in the DMV area for years and years. And uh, most recently, the harp and fiddle, but now it's over at Bethesda Blues and Jazz. And uh, we get to play there every Tuesday night. We'll have a good time. And um, people come on stage and they tell us what they want to play, and hopefully we know it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh there you have it. Well you no, know, it's it's a great place to play. And they have all kinds of all kinds of great artists in there. They have DeBarge, Chick Corea, then like someone yeah. local who has a good following. They they really have a great um they have a comedian, although do uh, sometimes we'll do tribute shows there. Like we just did a um a David Bowie tribute there with some with Gary Granger and Darren Blessman from mm-hmm. Sunflare and the Sidleys, Steve and Annie Sidley and their three sons who were brilliant musicians and we tore the roof off the place had a great time they Trey mm-hmm. Soul, Deborah Bond uh, Deborah Bond and uh, um, Dave Reinhardt young guitar player and we had a great time so while we're doing that they have David Bowie videos in the background <laughs> you know they have a brilliant oh, video wow. guy there who's on the, <laughs> on the fly was syncing these old concert footages uh, with our performance people thought we what? must have been wow. practicing it for months like, how'd you get that synced? I'm like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Then I look on YouTube. Oh, my God, they were playing videos behind us the whole time. I had no idea. And it's matching perfectly. Oh, over. I'm my. like, oh, my goodness. So there's a lot of great talents uh, going on over there and a lot of great um, folks and fun coming together and doing some great spontaneous creative things, you know, um, whether it's a famous act that's coming in or a not-so-famous act that's coming in or a tribute show or, or our humble little show coming to town on Wednesday night. Awesome, awesome. And let's give um, them something else to chew on. Um, we've got Connecticut. We've got Let It Through and uh, Playdate. Which one should we go with next? What should we go with next? Why don't we go with uh, Kinetic? That is the title track off the new jazz record I did. And, oh, okay. uh 
I think the title speaks for itself. In science class, they told us about kinetic energy being stored energy that wants to be released. And uh, it, usually it's a very nerdy thing to do as a jazz musician to name your song after a scientific terminology. But <laughs> I like it, and I went with it. And uh, we have um, Anibal is playing sax and flute on this. And this is kind of sounds a lot like Sun Flare, the kind of stuff that we're going to be doing on Wednesday. Right. And it's an original composition. And uh hope you enjoy it. All right, here we are, Kinetica. Turn it up.
Wow. <laughs> very nice. Very nice. No, thank you. Uh, so, um, you guys, do you have recorded music under this album you mentioned earlier? Uh, is it uh, for sale on, online anywhere? Yes, it is. It's available everywhere. We're finer music. Is so, just kidding. It's available everywhere. It's on <laughs> iTunes, CD Baby, um, everything. So uh, you can you can uh, go down to iTunes, pick it up. Uh, the name of the record is Root Kinetic, and that's under my name, Chris Fisher, and my partner's name, Anibal Rojas. Um, and that's uh, Root Kinetic once again. Awesome, awesome. So um, the show that's coming up too, um, we posted the link. Uh, you can pick up tickets at instaseat.com. And yes. um, Bethesda Blues and Jazz, and that's coming up uh, in a couple of days. Yes, it, it, wait, a couple of days. Oh, it was a month from now. Oh, no, i got to practice. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it's coming up. It's coming up on Wednesday, Wednesday night, and oh. uh, we're lo- looking forward to it. We are uh, – Sunflare is going to be playing. Um, oh, that's the sextet in question. That sounds a lot like what you just heard. And the Craig Alston Syndicate. Craig's a good friend of ours. And um, his band is out of sight. Knock your socks off. Um, some Baltimore guys, mm-hmm. and uh, they are ferocious. And uh, they, um, you can just Google that on YouTube or whatever, and you can see some incredible spontaneous performances of um, classic R&B and soul, and they take it to a whole nother level. So we're going to have a good time playing, yeah, uh, yeah. tag-teaming the show together. So. And um, as you get more information or more promotional stuff, too, just let me know. Or you can just post it directly onto my Facebook as well. And um, yeah. I'm not sure if we're connected on Facebook or not. I thought maybe I had Sora, your profile at one point. What's Facebook? I'm on my, MySpace. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Boy, God help me. No, no, anyway. no. <laughs> I'll look you up. Great. Okay. That'll be great. And um, – yeah, we we look to hear from you again. I mean, I'm sure I'll um, you know, hear from you or get a chance to meet you again. And we did get a chance to meet briefly and um at one of the shows at the Bethesda Blues and Jazz Club. And uh um, oh, That's great. Cool. Uh, that that night as well, I was really feeling the keyboard, man. So I was like, wow. Oh, that's what I try to do, man. I can feel the keyboard. <laughs> I think they're an organic instrument. And I really like to pay attention to the sounds that were, you know, expected to be played on certain sound in songs. You know, I, sounds always made me feel a certain way. And you know, mm-hmm. a lot of my compatriots, you know, in, in other places I've lived, uh, they tend to, you know, just stick with do one or two sounds and just do all their great licks and. To me, I think you're, I think you're cheating the audience a little bit. I, I think you need to go back and listen to the sonic soundscaping of a song that really, you know, hit a nerve with someone the first time they heard it. You know, I, tr- I like to try to replicate that for people when they see a show for doing, mm-hmm. you know, old songs or things. So I really enjoy the sounds that come out of these things. I consider them to be an integral part of, uh, you know almost the acoustic environment. Of course, maybe it's because I just grew up, you know, with my dad and his keyboards, so I could be biased, but that's my take on it. (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah. Well, music does a lot more than just tickle the ears. It's almost like a therapy. Um, and especially jazz, it really changes your 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 mindset. It it's very relaxing, but it also somehow activates the brain because of its you know it's a complicated way to listen to music, and you sometimes you have to keep up depending on what you're listening to, or, or you'll actually miss these transitions and what's going on. And and in the communication process, there's a message, and sometimes you'll just miss. Um, going from one phrase to the next, so to speak. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's true. That's true. Folks today have a hard time listening to progressive music that that they've been missing out on because I think there's been way too much um, downgrading of the chords and... um, Music today has just got four chords in it and like a thing about someone's booty and you're done. So, unfortunately... The the collective consciousness of people's musical education has not been keeping up with how far things have been going without their knowledge. But you got to keep that in mind too when you're playing. You can't just play so crazy and that, that you're yeah. going to lose everyone. It's fun to to take to invite everyone <clears throat> along and try to create, you know, um, whatever you're doing musically that uh, people can have something to hang their hat on, even if they have no idea that you're quoting a Charlie Parker lick here or or uh, doing mm-hmm. a subdominant this that and the other sharp 11 they're not going to know that but if 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 the mood of what it uh creates is something it can you know affect them that's something it can affect them and it's important that you utilize it in the right place all right we're getting too uh, esoteric here i gotta stop <laughs> but, but i should i just want to bring up one other thing um i also play sure, this sure. Uh, great earth wind and fire tribute band called ingratitude and i just enjoy oh. that so much it's like it's like a chance to to you know play batman you know when you're a little kid i always wanted to be batman well, i always wanted to be larry dunn from earth wind and fire so that's my big <laughs> chance i'm in an earth wind and fire the greatest band in the world so uh i I don't know if we have time to play another song, but there's another song on the record. Yeah, called, yeah, uh, yeah. We can. Oh, what, which one is it? Just go ahead and enter. Well, it. we'll go ahead and knock it out now. Did uh, did I send you a Mighty Mighty? Play did we have that called? Let it through. No, we don't have Mighty Mighty. Come on. Oh no! <laughs> I did a cover of Mighty Mighty, for, but oh, with a jazz wow. way. Oh well. Well, oh. that's okay. Well, we can we can we can play Let It Through. I'll talk about that. That's um. Yeah, yeah, I, and we'll do Mighty Mighty next time because I get a feeling you're going to be fantastic. on. Fantastic! <laughs> Yay! All right. Well, tell us a little bit about Let It Through, and we'll go right into it. Well, it's another group I have uh, called Live Funk Nouveau, and that's my dream mm. funk band project from my New York days, and a lot of my good friends. I decided we miss the olden days and what music used to sound like. So I said, stop your whining. Let's start a band. We did. It's like an Earth, Wind, and Fire type of group, but it's all original compositions. And So this uh, song is called Let It Through. It starts off kind of neo solely, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. oh, right. I know where this is going to go. It's going to be an Erica Badu, uh, D'Angelo ripoff. But then about 30 seconds into it, it's going to totally a whole other turn and turn into a whole other kind of song and it gets funky and a lot of fun and uh, that's there's a message in there about you know letting it through about sharing your love and your music don't just keep it inside and I wrote the lyrics too blah 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 but this has a feature the whole full live horn section and another case I had this whole band together the singers were supposed to write the lyrics they never did so I said screw it I'm gonna do that too now I guess so next I know I'm a lyricist so uh, anyway, it's uh, it's about a 14-piece funk band. I'm playing keyboards, but it's all live musicians doing everything else. And um, 
there you have it. We've got like three singers on it. It's if you listen to it closely, it's gonna it might take you back a little bit. And uh, here it is, "Let It Through" by Live Funk Nouveau. All right, here on Turn It Up, Let It Through.
Wow. Happy, happy music. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So t- tell us a little bit about, um, I mean, we're about to, to end the show. I mean, we're, we're 48 minutes into this thing now, but I, I just wanted to um, have you talk to some of young musicians out there and um, help them on their quest because you, you've been around the block and um, you've, you've had your opportunity to perform with a, a number of very, very talented musicians. What are some of those nuggets that you've picked up about the industry that might be able to help someone who's still coming in? And even though it's changed quite a bit, I'm sure there's some mainstays that you could share. Sure. Here it is. Ready? Get a job. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh my goodness. My. If you can finance your way, if you have a passion for music, you will always find a way to live. However, if you have a passion about a specific kind of music that you cannot possibly make money, it is not in any way a failure to have another talent to help finance your dream. And I'm telling you this because that's not what I did. I am I have three children and um and I don't want to complain. I'm doing okay, but I'm barely scraping by, and it's very stressful existence when you're just playing music. So, mm-hmm. uh, and sometimes you get very envious of folks who are, uh, you know, they're working at the post office during the day, doing whatever they want at night with the music, you know. Whereas musically, sure, I've, I've played you my my wonderful projects that I've done uh, only in my spare time. What I'm usually doing 24 hours a day is learning music I have to play for a certain thing like a wedding or an event or uh, producing a track for someone that I may not be particularly enjoying the process uh, because it's some, it's more of a work thing. You know, that kind of thing. Uh, your music becomes your job. It can be very disenfranchising. So if that is what you're going to do, if music's going to be your job, then you have to... Uh, you have to learn how to love every kind of music. You have to learn to find the joy in everything you do, whether it's playing with, you know, someone who can't sing <laughs> or if it's, if it's if it's playing in a, in a band that you don't particularly enjoy or something uh but you have to find the bright side of everything you're doing and love all kinds of music and you cannot just stick your nose up at a certain style of music because you don't like it. Um conversely, it's also good to be uh to know what you want to do. Like I have a lot of friends who from school who never wanted to do anything but play bebop saxophone, for example. And they thumb their nose up at everything I do to make a living. You know, not meanly. I'm just saying, in general, it's not something they would want to do. And uh, they've done very well for themselves if they have a wife who's a doctor. (laughs) But if they have to support themselves, believe me, they'd be playing Brick House next to me at the Schmeckler Bar Mitzvah. In a heartbeat. So, it, it, I, I, if you asked me the same question 20 years ago, I'd have a really beautiful, heartfelt, um, uh, kind of a, a spiritual answer for you. But you know, being in the position I am now in life, uh, where I have to really support other human beings um, and keep the lights on, I have more of a practical answer for your question, and that is uh, that you have to pick something that you're going to really enjoy to do make it's, it's kind of a cliche but if you you know pick something you love to do to work then you're going to love work and fortunately you know uh, i 
I do get to do that. I, I love everything I do, every every second of it. You know, learning notes, all these crazy songs for a church job I have every Sunday. Learning all the even um, the latest Taylor Swift tune for a wedding. I just say I'm going to enjoy this, and I learn shake it off. I learn all the parts and make it sound just like the record. And I watch everyone have a good time, and I think I've done my job. I've ministered to the people, and they dance to shake it off. Just don't put it on YouTube and show my jazz friends that, that you know. <laughs> <laughs> you do what you gotta do. Well, oh, that was wow. the, probably not the answer you're looking for. Um, but no, that's the answer I'm looking for. I'm looking for okay. The real you got plenty of other guys who say, "Yeah, man, listen to the masters, yeah. man. You just gotta follow your dream." No, I'm not. I'm not gonna give you that answer. Everyone else gives that answer. I'm gonna give you my crazy answer, which is learn of how to play as much kind of music as you can, and always keep uh, on the side what it is you really love and. Try to concentrate on that style of music if that's your thing on the side, but uh, don't don't compartmentalize. Really, just try to enjoy music as a whole. And Victor uh, uh, was it Victor Wooten? Yes, Victor Wooten has a book called The Music Lesson. Every single human, let alone musician, should read as a prerequisite for having to exist on this planet. And I thought it would be a self like a like a teaching book. The Music Lesson by Victor Wooten, the greatest bass player who ever lived. It's got to be like, all right, here's what you got to do. Start with these finger extras. No, it's not. It's an incredible mystical journey about how to approach life um, as seen through the eyes of a student and a, and a mystical teacher. And uh, it answers a lot of questions about how to live your life and how to approach music um, through music. It's how to live your life through music, but it's also good for non-musicians too. And hmm. uh, that's about that's about the size of that. All right, awesome. Well, I appreciate that. That is a rare nugget. I may have to <laughs> just cut that one part out and play this over and over again in some of my other shows <laughs> as well. Yeah, yeah. I guess so the we point I was trying to make just... before I lost track of my own stream of consciousness was that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, the main point of his book is that. Um, the music in general is uh it can be rhythm can be seen in deer tracks for example um oh. you know you can you don't have to, to even hear to hear music you um mm-hmm. you can be any age any uh, it's it's it transcends our corporeal beings it is uh mm. it, to 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 love music and to follow it is to follow something a little higher than you think it is it's not just practicing scales and getting the latest clothes. It's something a lot simpler, actually. And by and large, through having a simple approach to it, all of a sudden you sound like you've been studying the music your whole life and you're a very complex being. <laughs> but in essence, is <laughs> a very simple uh, philosophy behind uh, creating what we call music, these organized patterns and silences and sounds and and beats and grooves that comprise the heartbeats and the rhythm of life and uh it's all connected. Yeah. That's so true. So true. Um and and without music the world would be a bitter, bitter place. And uh um, horrible. Yeah. So, you know, we we always have to look and explore other forms of music too. I mean, it can always teach you something, even prepare your mind for something that you um, may need to transition to. Um, Absolutely, music is is the therapy. It's also an education. It's also 
uh, a way to um, expand your horizons as well. Absolutely. Uh, and I got to yeah. say, this whole YouTube generation is getting the advantages of that. I mean, sure, there's lots of lots of cat videos and people pranking each other and lots of you know people beating each other up videos that are bringing society down, but there's also this incredible wave of uh, – Brilliant, brilliant people coming together and learning from each other. I mean, you've got these little children who can access anything, any artist um, or any other musician their own age through a touch of a button, and they see what kids on, kids on the other side of the world are doing in, in on the saxophone or on the keyboard or on the drums, and they say, I want to do that. Next thing you know, you have this new generation of super beings <laughs> – <laughs> who are, right, who are feeding right. off of each other and creating all this new music. Um, they're fusing um, in Indian music with African uh, tribal rhythms with um, drum and bass electronica, and they're realizing how it's all connected. And mm-hmm. at its very essence, we as a human race are all connected, and uh, to, it only makes sense that we connect all the music somehow as well. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's great because um, – a lot of kids are, um, you know, building compositions on SoundCloud and sending each other um, MP3 and WAV files and actually remixing things and becoming a group without ever meeting one another. And so, yeah, there, there's a lot of things that are possible now that may not have ever been possible if it were not for the advent of the Internet. I don't even know how anyone put together a band before the Internet. I mean, you could... <laughs> I remember being on the phone <laughs> as a kid. Will you please come to rehearsal, please? <laughs> I don't know. I don't, nobody would pick up their phone. It was a miracle you could get anyone in the same room. And uh, now I just, you know, email the whole group. I'll see you Tuesday. And that's it. And everyone's there. It's fantastic. Wow. So I don't uh-huh. know anyone ever put together a famous band back in the old days, let alone, you know, become as good as – I don't know how Led Zeppelin ever formed themselves. I don't know how Duke Ellington ever got his band to meet everyone at the bus to get to the next gig. I don't know how they did any of that without the internet, but <laughs> they man. All right. Well, Chris, look, thank you so much for dropping by, and um, I wish you the best at your gig, and um, – Hopefully I can get out there. Uh, it's in the middle of the week. It's going to be tough for me, but I'd love to, you know, see you perform again. And um, just want to invite everyone to come on out to Bethesda Blues and Jazz, 7719 Wisconsin Avenue, Bethesda, Maryland, 20814. They've got a great website. Um, all the information you need is there. And, Chris, uh, just say a few words before you go, and we're going to close out. Well, okay. I guess I'll just use this as a plug. Um, Wednesday night is going to be fantastic. It's a Sunflare is a Latin fusion sextet. We've got flute and sax. Brandon Moultrie on sax. Carl Carrington, as I mentioned, on flute. Darren Blessman on drums. Andreas Holmstrom from uh, the other side of the world is going to be playing bass. And um, and Eddie Montalvo on percussion. And it's going to be a fantastic show. All right, Chris. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. And we'll, we'll talk with you again real soon. Okay, great. Thank you. Well, we've come to the end of another great show. Special thanks to our producer, Donna Hardiman, and also Lenny Harris, who has really been hooking me up with some great artists. I'm Michael Fordham, and you've been listening to Turn It Up on blogtalkradio.com. But before you go, here's a little something to take with you. Ask God for wisdom daily, but know that your lessons can come from anybody or any situation, good or bad, friend 
or foe. Watch your thoughts. They become words. And watch your words. They become actions. And watch your actions. They become habits. And watch your habits. They become your character. And watch your character. It becomes your destiny. Until we meet again, take care of what becomes of you.